Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. In Isaiah 54, we, we find a very encouraging, challenging, inspiring, stirring passage of Scripture. The prophet is speaking, seems to be a woman who is barren. And when you study this passage, there are a few different schools of thought around the context and the theology behind this passage. One, one school of thought is that the prophet is speaking to one who represents all the barren women in the Old Testament, in the history of the nation of Israel that gave birth to key players in the plan of God for the nation of Israel. Another school of thought is that the prophet is speaking about the nation of Israel, that it's, able to, it's been unable to give birth to the plan and purposes of God. We, whichever school of thought you want to go with, whichever side of the fence you want to camp on, the Scripture is inspiring and it speaks to the same point. It speaks to the same end. And Isaiah 54 verses 1 to 3, and I honestly believe in this first service, this is a word for this church. And I, even though I'm going to be speaking a different message in all the services, I honestly believe this is the message you, you need to get out to, to those who are going to be in other services, whether through podcast or link or whatever it is you guys do. The Bible says, sing, O barren woman. Sing, O barren woman. You who have not born, break forth into singing and cry aloud. Now, I'm not a woman. No one said amen to that. And uh, I've never been barren. We've got three amazing kids. My, early on in our marriage, we, we had two miscarriages and I know the pain of that. I know what my wife and I went through. I know what it is to be in the midst of challenging circumstances and storms and difficult situations. And I can only imagine that a woman who is barren when 99% of women dream of having kids. It's something they think of from a young age, having a family, being a mother. And I can imagine when a woman is barren, the last thing she wants to do is sing. I can imagine that the last thing she wants to do is break out in song. So what the prophet is saying is quite challenging. It's, it's quite confrontational. Not only does it say, sing, O barren woman, it's as if he throws the situation in her face because he goes on with the second line. says, you who have not born, you who have not born a child, you have not given birth, as if she didn't know. Hello, newsflash, you're barren, you haven't given birth, but I want you to sing. It's quite challenging and it leads me to believe and it leads me to have a deep conviction in my walk with God that regardless of what I may face, regardless of what I might find myself in the midst in, in the midst of, my circumstance shall never determine my level of praise. My situation shall never limit my worship. It doesn't matter whether I'm in the midst of the storm. It doesn't matter whether I'm on the mountain top or in the valley, God is always worthy of worship and I must make a decision to break forth in song because I don't worship God due to what He does. I worship God because of who He is. To sing, O barren woman, break forth into singing and cry aloud. 
You who have not laboured with child, for more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. But then he doesn't stop there. He's not encouraging her to just sing in the midst of barrenness, to lift up her voice in the midst of challenge and despair and heartache. He goes on in verse 2 and he says, Enlarge the place of your tents and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. The NIV says, do not hold back. The original Hebrew, the connotation of the word is, take the limits off. I love that. Take the limits off. You're barren. You're in despair. You have a desire. It's yet to be fulfilled. You have a dream. You're yet to see it. Lift up your voice. Don't limit your song. Don't stand back in your worship. Enlarge the place of your tent. Take the limits off. Do not hold back. Do not spare. I've titled this message today, Take the Limits Off. Take the limits off. It goes on and says, Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall, you shall, not you might, not you could, You shall expand, and I believe this is a word for this house in 2017. It is a new day. You're on a blank page. You're writing a new chapter. It is a big beginning of a new story. You shall expand to the right and to the left. Your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Enlarge the place of your tent. Lengthen your cords straight. What does that mean? In Old Testament times, when people would go on pilgrimage, when they would leave one place to go to the other, when they'd make their way to the temple three times a year, they would go on pilgrimage and they would take a tent with them and take their belongings and they would camp at night and everything they owned was inside of that tent. And the prophet is saying, hey, this might be what is yours but I don't want you to be limited by what you see. I want you to, in faith, to keep stretching, to keep pushing, to keep believing. Take the limits off. Don't allow your faith to be determined by what you see. And I love this passage of Scripture because it's challenging. I love this passage of Scripture because it's super inspiring. And friend, I want to ask you this morning, as we're almost at the end of the first month of this brand new year, What is it you see for your 2017? What do you see for your marriage? What do you see for your family? What do you see for your finances? What do you see for this house? What do you see for your career? What do you see for your future? What is it you see? Is your circumstance determining your worship? Is what you see limiting your faith? We need to make a decision to take the limits off. Who or what determines the size of your life? Who's determining the size of your faith and expectation? We need to lift up a song, stretch out our tent, lengthen the cords, make a decision that regardless of where we are right now, we're not going to allow any limitation to hold us back. We're not going to allow any circumstance to cause us to step back in our faith. 
We're going to push on. We're going to keep believing. We're going to keep expecting, regardless of what's going on around us, regardless of our political view and our outlook for the future of the nation. God is sovereign. God is in control. In Christ, our best days are always ahead of us. Who's determining the size of your life? I love this story in Genesis chapter 26, where the land was in famine. The land was in famine, it was in drought and no one was sowing seed because they knew it was a waste of seed. The dirt was hard, there hadn't been rain, there's a famine in the land. But a young man by the name of Isaac, interesting young man because his father's name was Abraham. A man with a promise from God. A man who received a word from God saying, not only will you be blessed, all your descendants will be blessed. So his son grabbed hold of that promise. God had spoken to Isaac and said to him, as I was with your father, I will also be with you. And in this time of drought, in this time of famine, when nobody else is sowing seed, Isaac, because he had a promise from God, because he had faith in God, because he was confident that if God said something to his dad, that he was an heir, he was an heir of that promise. So he began to do what nobody else was doing. He sowed seed in the midst of famine, in the midst of drought. And in Genesis 26, verses 12 to 14, the Bible says that in that same year that Isaac sowed seed, he reaped a hundredfold harvest. Nobody else was sowing, nobody else reaped. Because he sowed, because he had a promise, he wasn't going to allow the circumstance around him to limit his faith. He was the only one in the land who reaped a hundredfold harvest. What circumstances are determining the size of your life? What's limiting your faith? Friend, I want to tell you something this morning. You are the only one who determines the size of your life. You are the only one. You are the only one who can determine what this year is going to be like. I mean, what, what about when challenges come to me? What about when things don't go wrong, don't go right around me? Friend, life isn't about what happens to us. Life is about how we respond to what happens to us. And so that's why you and I are the only one who determine the size of our life. I'm determining this year after 16 years of marriage, this is going to be the best year of marriage we ever have. I'm determining this year that in our family, we're going to grow closer together like never before. We're going to believe God like never before. Whatever happens around us, whatever comes to us, our response will always be one of faith because we have a promise from God. We're going to sing. We're going to lift our voice. We're going to stretch out our tent. We're going to lengthen our cords because nothing in this world can determine the size of our faith or the size of our life. It is our decision. It is our conviction. You and I are the only ones who determine the size of our life. Someone said the only limits that exist are those we place on ourselves. So what limits are you placing on your life? I want to encourage you, friend. doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, how long you've walked with God, what you're in right now. Do not limit yourself. And do not allow anyone else to place the ceiling of limitation over your life. This world always wants to limit us. And what's sad is that in the church, many of us leaders and pastors, 
We place ceilings of limitation of people, on people. But kingdom leadership doesn't place a ceiling on people. Kingdom leadership removes the ceiling off people. It's my job as a pastor and leader with a team that God has given us to lead and shepherd to make sure that every person under our leadership and under the influence of our leadership can take their place in the Kingdom of God, can step into the levels that God has prepared for them. And we understand that the platform is not about us, that our opportunity is not about us, that it's just a responsibility to raise other up, others up, to empower them and release them to fulfil their God-given potential. And I wanna make sure before God, with the right sort of fear and trembling before Him that He now way of pastoring that in our leadership, we're never placing ceilings of limitations on people. We need to remove them because I wanna make sure that any ceiling that has been placed in my life is the platform for the next generation that is coming after us. So never allow anyone to limit you. In your work, don't allow the words of any negative person to limit you. Don't allow your past to limit you. We need to take the limits off. Because God wants us to expand to the right and to the left. Can somebody say amen? Amen. So the question is, how do we make sure that we don't limit ourselves? How do we make sure that we take the limits off in 2017 and we go to levels we never thought possible in God? We step into everything that He's prepared for us. Number one, to take the limits off, we need to remove the labels of our lives. We need to remove the labels. What's very interesting in Isaiah 54 is that we don't know this woman's name. We know her by her circumstance. Doesn't say sing, Maria. Sing, Stephanie. Sing, Diana. It says sing, O barren woman. We know her by her circumstance. She's labelled a barren woman. Barrenness was her identity. And often we fall into the trap where our circumstance and our challenge defines our identity. And we label ourselves. Then there are labels that others place on us. We don't know this woman by name. We only know her by her circumstance. She had a label placed on her. But in the midst of that challenge, she was told to sing. And if we're going to remove the limitation of our life, we must make a decision to remove the labels of our lives. Your pastor can't remove the labels that have been placed on you. Your connect group leader can't remove the labels that have been placed on you. I dare to say that God won't even remove the labels that have been placed on you. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. He accomplished what He came to accomplish. It is our decision to remove the labels of our life. It is our decision. Lewis, can you come on stage with me for a second? I need a fine, good-looking man. A man who has muscles in places most of us don't have places. (laughs) I'm speaking in faith. The Bible says, call that which is not as though it is. Come here. What labels are on your life? Maybe you have the label because of what went down in your business. Bankrupt. Maybe... (laughs) because of your past and because of past mistakes and 
the consequences of that, those mistakes and the punishment of those mistakes with the legal system. Maybe you have the label ex-convict. <laughs> uh, this is a label I often get, especially in South America as we do church the way we do church. Maybe you have the label worldly. Ha, that Hillsong church is a worldly church. <laughs> what does that even mean? Maybe you've got the label, <laughs> simple one. You need to stretch out your arms. This is going to hurt when we remove it after. You didn't know at church today, you're going to get waxed. <laughs> single. Single, I'm single. I can't do anything for God. I'm single, I can't lead. I need to be married, I need to be an example in how to build a relationship, how to build a family. I'm single, I can't, I've got to wait. I've got to wait till one day when. Maybe you've got the label, <laughs> divorced. Oh, you've been divorced. There's no future for you. God hates divorce. It's the end of your purpose. There's no way you can ever dare dreaming big because God's not going to use you. We get a label and the religious love place in this label. I think God's bigger than a piece of paper. Maybe you've got the label, it's the label my parents had. My mum still has. My dad graduated to be with Jesus many years ago when they moved to Australia. Immigrant. How you're just an immigrant? You people just work certain jobs. You live in certain areas. You hang out with certain communities. The American dream, it's a fairy tale. You're just an immigrant. Maybe you've got the label. This was my label. I love you, bro. Addict. Addict. That was label placed on me. Judged by my past and not by my God-given purpose. Once an addict, always an addict. Maybe you've got the label, and this is my last one for this example. <laughs> Single mum. I know he's a guy. Single mum, your husband left you. He was unfaithful. You're left alone with your kids. Single mum, can't pay the bills. Living day to day, paycheck to paycheck. What could God possibly do with someone like you? If we're going to take the limits off, we need to make a decision to remove the labels off our life. Because we are not what our circumstance says we are. We are who God says we are. And the thing is, the key is that no one's going to come and remove these labels off you. We need to make a decision to live according to who God says we are, to live according to the God-given promise, potential and destiny He has given us, to live according to the seed of greatness that 
we all have on the inside of us. It's our responsibility to remove the labels. It is our responsibility to say, this will not limit me. It is our responsibility to say, these labels will not define me. These labels will not limit me. I am not who my past says I am. I am not who my circumstance says I am. I am who God says I am. I will do what God says I can do. I will go where God says I will go. We need to take the limits off, to lift our voice, to break out the uh, the limitation and to step into all that God has for us. You are not just an immigrant. You are not just a single mom. You are not just a divorced person. You are a child of the Most High God, born with the blood of the Lamb. You have been chosen, sanctified, redeemed, forgiven. You have been given a brand new start, a God-given future. You have been called to greatness, friend. And if we're going to take the limits off, we need to remove the labels. We need to remove the labels. Don't allow anybody or anything to label you. If you're going to allow someone to label you, allow God to label you. Chosen, forgiven, accepted, loved, redeemed, sanctified, set apart, called, purposed, destined. We need to remove the labels off. It's our decision in 1 Chronicles chapter 4. We see the story of a young boy who was born. His name is Jabez. His name means suffering. Why? Because when he was born, he caused Suffering beyond the normal, beyond the usual to his mother. And she named him Jabez, son of suffering, son of pain. And when Jabez was walking down the streets of Kendall, people would look and say, Oh, mira, ahí va Jabez. Jabez, son of suffering, label. It's walking down the streets of Winwood. It's like, oh, look, there's Jabez, the one who caused his mum so much pain. All his life in school, all his life in the neighbourhood, all his life at the mall, wherever he went, because names meant so much in Bible times. And they knew Jabez, son of suffering, son of pain. They labelled him. And he comes to a point in his life where he's over the labels. And he comes before God in 1 Chronicles 4.10. And it says, Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me. Indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him his request. He made a decision, I'm no longer going to live according to the meaning of my name. I'm no longer going to live according to the label that was placed on me by my mother and by those who know me and the pain that I caused. God, I come before you. I'm over this limitation. I'm over being known by what I caused in the past. Enlarge my territory that I may not cause much pain. And God granted him his request. What labels do you need to remove in 2017? Take the limits off. How many times have I been told, you cannot do what you do. You're too young. When are you ever of adequate age? I'm 40 this year. I know I don't look a day over 21. It's a cream my wife applies three times a day. I'm only kidding. It's only twice. Anyway, when are you ever of adequate age? You're too young. 
You're unqualified. Awesome. I might be unqualified, but I love that the grace of God qualifies all of us. And it's not according to what we can do, how good we are to our ability. It's according to who He is and what He has done and His ability. What labels do you need to remove? It's a new day. Take the limits off. Number two, if we're going to take the limits off, we not only need to remove the labels, we need to always challenge the status quo. This is another message. We need to always challenge the status quo. In life, friend, we must always challenge our current status. The status that it's put in place by our circumstance. Our status. We need to always challenge our current condition with our faith, with our expectation. If we're going to take the limits off, we need to challenge the status quo. What's the status quo? The status quo is that which is acceptable, that which is normal, that which everybody else is doing. The status quo. We live, I don't know how it is in the United States, but when we lived in Australia, Australia has this syndrome called tall poppy syndrome. That means when anyone wants to rise up, when anyone wants to stand out, society pulls them back down to size. And what it produces in people is to never dream big, to never think big, to never desire big, to never live big. Everyone needs to be on the same playing field. No one can stand out. If you stand out publicly, the media will tear you down. If you stand out in business, your peers will tear you down. And they become status quo living people. But in God, He wants us all to stand out. He wants us all to rise up. Our best days are ahead of us. He takes us from strength to strength, from glory to glory. And if we're going to take the limits off, we must always challenge the status quo. Calvary, Kendall and Winwood, and every other location you may have now and in the future. This house hasn't been called to be a status quo church. And you need to make a decision to challenge the status quo, to be innovative and creative, to not go with the flow, but to swim against the current because God wants you to lead the way and to impact the city and a nation and communities and families and individuals. And if we're going to take the limits off, we must challenge the status quo. Oh man, we've been told you can't do what you do in South America. In Argentina, church isn't done that way. Exactly. That's why we're doing it this way. Because we're losing a generation. We live in a time where there's a generation that love Jesus but reject the church. And no one changes the way church is done and we're losing a generation. So don't tell me we have to do what everybody else is doing because God is a creative God. God is an innovative God. God is always doing something new. Every morning, His mercies are new. We need to challenge the status quo. Don't settle. God hasn't called you to live an average, mundane, ordinary life. God has called you to live extraordinary. God has called you to live a big life. But here's the thing, a big life is not seen without, it is seen within. On the inside, a conviction that takes the limits off, challenge the status quo. I don't want an average marriage. I don't want an average family. Come on, I have a vision for the future. When I'm 85 years old, 
And my wife and I have got canes that she's going to still be chasing me around the house. <laughs> I'm going to live an average marriage, go with the flow, kesera, serah. No, no, no. We only live once. And Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The word abundantly in the Greek is the word perissos. It means exceedingly abundant, without limits. God didn't just save us to go to heaven. He saved us to live life here on earth in an extravagant way that glorifies Him, shows off His goodness and His faithfulness. We need to challenge the status quo. That's why this year, Calvary, you need to think bigger, believe bigger, give bigger, serve bigger, worship bigger, because God wants to expand you to the right and to the left. Proverbs 15, 24 says the path of life leads upwards for the wise. Upwards. To keep him from going down to the grave. Is your life moving upwards? So many believers, they live like victims instead of victors. And their life is always going backwards instead of forwards. Because they're labelled, they live according to their circumstance. But we need to take the limits off because the path of life for the wise, for the righteous in God always leads upwards. He wants to take you from faith to faith, from level to level, from mountaintop to mountaintop. There might be a few valleys along the way, but that's when we sing, we break forth in song, we take the limits off, we keep believing, we keep pushing, we keep walking. You need to understand, friend, What you accept today becomes your standard for living tomorrow. So do not accept the status quo. So in leadership for us in our church, what I accept in our church today becomes a standard for our church tomorrow. That's why I don't accept apathy. I don't accept a critical spirit amongst our team. I always challenge. I don't accept small thinking. I always inspire because what you accept today becomes a standard for tomorrow. What are you accepting today? We need to challenge the status quo. And in third place, number one, we need to remove the labels of our life. We need to always challenge the status quo. And number three, (laughs) I like this one. We need to watch who we walk with. Yesterday, in one of the sessions, Pastor Alex, in his message, preached a phenomenal message talking about not wasting our time. And one of his points was watching how we live. And I want to take that a a step further, not just watching how we live, but watching who we live with, watching who we walk with. So many scriptures that talk about the people that surround us. Proverbs 13, 20 says, He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character or good behaviour. But I love Psalm 1 verse 1. The psalmist said, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers or seat of the scornful. What I see in this scripture is that who you walk with determines where you stand and where you stand determines who you sit with 
And if we're going to take the limits off, we need to make sure that we're walking with the right people. Now, I'm not saying that we reject certain people and we don't show, we show love to everybody. We accept everybody, but not everybody sits at my table. I want to make sure that I'm around people that are going to inspire my dreams and stir faith in me. People who are thinkers with a kingdom mentality, people who are not going to laugh at my dreams, people who are going to encourage the God-given purpose in me. See, we often read these Scriptures and the religious pipe up and say, see, see, you shouldn't hang around sinners. No, no, no. If we're not going to hang around sinners, if we're not going to hang around the world, how are we going to save the world? Not one of these Scriptures is talking about people who are out of relationship with God. Every reference in the New Testament, whether Paul in his writings, when he talks about don't hang around singers, don't hang around adulterers, don't hang around fornicators, he's talking about people inside the church. And we bring it down to don't go here, don't go there, just stay around Christian people. We are not of the world, but we live in the world to reach the world. But inside of the church, it saddens my heart that across the globe, there are so many believers that are more negative than people who don't have faith. So many believers who are more critical than people who are outside of the church. There are so many believers who are more depressed than people without a God-given promise. And we need to make sure that we're watching who we walk with because their stuff rubs off on us and it can limit our faith. It can limit our mentality. That's why for me as a pastor, if I want to feel like a hero, if I want to be the man, I'll hang around pastors that have churches of 50, 100, 200 people and nobody else. Ah, Because my church is so much bigger than your church. Look up to me, look up to me, give me honour. That's a stupid mindset. What I want to do to take the limits off, I want to get around pastors like my pastor, who for 33 years has built a church by the grace of God that has had global influence. I want to get around pastors like your pastor, who's full of vision for the future, full of hope for tomorrow, full of strategy to see this this house go forward. Spending time in conversation with your pastors. My faith is stirred. My faith gets inspired. I want to hang around people who are further down the road. So then what they inspire in me can help me inspire others who are looking to me. If you're the most successful person in your group of friends, I want to encourage you to find a new group of friends. Don't abandon the other ones. But get inspired. If you're starting in business and you dream to be a millionaire to finance the vision of the kingdom, try and get in the world of other millionaires. Ask them about their success. You guys who are looking to get married very soon, well, you are getting married. Get around people with a bit of grey hair who have been married 30, 40 years because reaching four decades of marriage is no accident. And ask them, what did you do? What were the first five years of your marriage like? What was it like being a parent for the first time? And allow their struggles and their battles to produce wisdom in you for the journey. If we're going to take the limits off, we need to walk with the right people. 
We need to allow them to inspire us. Friends, God has called you to soar like an eagle. Stop hanging around chickens. Chickens, they have wings. They have the appearance of being able to take flight. But they only jump around. And God hasn't called you to jump around from church to church, from relationship to relationship, from bed to bed, from job to job. God has called you to spread out your wings and to soar into the heights that He has destined you to reach. Take the limits off. Sing, O barren woman. Lift up your voice. Stretch out your tent. Because in 2017, God will expand you to the right and to the left. It will be a year of the extraordinary. It will be a year of the supernatural. It will be a year of God's surprises. Take the limits off. Take the limits off. You are the only person who determines the size of your life. I've determined with my wife to live big. Think big. Dream big. Speak big. Because we don't serve a God of limitation. We serve an unlimited God. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Taking the limits off all begins with one decision. One decision and the most important one is surrendering ownership of your life to Jesus Christ. He's the remover of limits on our lives when we walk with Him, when we believe in Him. The one who breaks the limitations of religion to reach humanity. The one who left heaven and came to earth to give an example of how we should live and how we should believe and how we should interact with one another. The one who shed His pure, sinless, matchless blood on a cross and paid the ultimate price so that we could be forgiven of our sins, so that we could have our past wiped away and so that we could step into a relationship with God. If you've never made a decision, a conscious choice, of surrendering ownership of your life to Jesus. I'd love to pray for you today before I hand the service back to Pastor Alex. He loves you, friends. He is for you. It doesn't matter who you are, what labels have been placed on your life. He's for you. He has a plan and a purpose for your life. But stepping into that plan and purpose all begins with a decision. And that decision is saying yes to Him, opening up your heart to Him. Your past mistakes are not greater than His mercy. The sin of yesterday is not more powerful than His grace. Open up your heart to Him today. Or maybe hearing at one point you said yes to Jesus, but you drifted away. You're backsliding in your heart and you need to choose today to reconnect with Him. I also wanna pray for you with every eye closed and every head bowed. If you need to say yes to Jesus today for the first time, to reconnect with Him because you're backsliding in your heart with nobody looking around, if that's you, right where you're seated. Would you just raise your hand high enough and long enough for me to see it? Awesome. Fantastic. Every eye closed, every head bowed. Praise God for each and every one of you. Many hands have been raised in this place this morning. Today's a brand new start for each and every one of you. Thank you, 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 thank you. Awesome, God bless you. Thank you. People of all ages raising their hands. Hallelujah. You can put your hands down. I'm gonna ask us all to stand. And those of you who raised your hands, I'm gonna ask you to pray these words after me. And because church is not a crowd, it's a family. We're familiar. 
I'm going to ask all of us to pray these words with those people who raise their hands, supporting them in this amazing decision that they've made. So let's pray out aloud together. Dear Lord Jesus Christ, today I open up my heart to You and I surrender ownership of my life to You. I ask that You'd forgive me of all my sin to wipe away my past and to give me a brand new start. I declare You today my Lord and Saviour and ask that You'd guide me in living a life that honours You. I thank You for Your grace. I thank You for salvation. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Amen. Can we congratulate these amazing people? Praise God for each and every one of them. We hope today's message has encouraged you. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel or visit us at calvaryconnect.com for more information. Till next time.